Hi, welcome to the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary, and today we have a super emotional episode for you. And by emotional, I mean that we just mourn the loss of Dean, and we come to terms with the fact that Brian is definitely going to win this thing. But I was able to get Jolie Ingram on to co-host, and we had so much fun. We have so much to discuss with all of you, so stay tuned. It's a really good one. Hi, everyone. Okay, just a quick note before we get started. I just want to give a little quick disclaimer. I have a feeling that we have some new listeners today because of Jolie, which is so awesome, and I'm so excited that you guys are all here. But disclaimer, the audio quality on this episode of the podcast is unfortunately a little bit less than the quality I normally like to offer on the podcast. Um, My husband is out of town. He has our audio equipment. He has a nice laptop. I'm recording this at my parents, and just the quality is not what I normally like to produce. But this interview with Julie is so good, and I know that you guys will enjoy it. I think if you just turn, like, the treble down on your, like, speaker or whatever you're listening to this on, um, it will be, like, a lot more pleasant for you to listen to. And if you're, like, just listening on your phone, it should still be fine. But... Yeah, that's about it. I just want to give like a little disclaimer, Um, but this interview is so good and I like couldn't part with it just because it was, Jolie is just like so funny and so charming throughout the whole thing where I was like, even if it sounded way more horrible than this, it would still be a good listen because Jolie really makes it. All right, that was it. That's all I need to say. So let's get on to the show. All right, so I have Jolie Ankram here from at Becoming Jolie on Instagram, and she's also from at Brim Papery on Instagram. She has her online hand lettering shop on there, and she is so nice, and she agreed to talk to me about last night's episode of The Bachelorette. Hey, Jolie. Hey, I feel like the most unqualified Bachelorette person to talk on your podcast, but... <laughs> That's not true. I've only been watching Bachelor and Bachelorette since... Um, I think it's, I think it was Ben Higgins season. Okay. So but, I, but same here. Oh, really? You wouldn't even believe it. But yeah, that's when I started watching with Ben H last year. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. So yeah, I've watched, <laughs> I've watched everything since his season, but I'm definitely not like an OG bachelor bachelorette viewer. It's okay. Like, I think that like bachelor nation has like a new era. Like there's like the OG fans, but like people are like equally as passionate like joining like with Ben's because like Instagram and everything now has made it so much more like interactive and like you feel like you really know these people yeah I actually I used to be like very um I can't stand bachelor I can't stand bachelorette and then I became friends with Grace Patton (laughs) she kind of got me hooked on it and now yeah I'm definitely into it I don't blame you I would definitely like do anything that Grace like recommended to me (laughs) yeah yeah for sure she could go, like, I don't know. She could tell me to do whatever, and I'd be like, yes, yes, Grace. Um, yeah, the coolest. Yeah, so, yeah, I totally started watching at Ben's season also, but I was on bed rest when I was pregnant with Piper, so I had, like, so much free time on my hands, and I could only, like, rewatch Degrassi so many times. So then I, like, <laughs> went back and, like, watched, like, some other seasons of Bachelor. Yeah. And my life yeah. is so enriched because of it. Just kidding. Yeah. Could have definitely done something more productive with that time, but but then would I have this podcast? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And also, I'm like so excited to like talk to you. We've like texted a little bit, and we're friends on Twitter, and we're friends on Instagram. But like, yeah, we live on yeah. the opposite sides of the country. 
I met Technology you. nowadays, it's like I've heard your voice so much, and I'm sure that you've heard mine now and then, that I'm like, oh, yeah, we actually haven't had, like, a conversation, like, over the phone. Yeah, and you're going to, like, realize I definitely say like just as much as I do on my Instagram stories. So this is oh, me too. It's, it's an epidemic for me. It's really bad. I know that I need to fix it, but I'm, like, so deep now. I'm, like, 22 years well, old. Well, Anne Friedman says that it's not our responsibility to alter our, our language, you know, just to appease the masses that are consuming our content. So just listen to Anne Friedman. See, that's why I have you on here, Jolie, for those hot takes. Yeah. I don't want anyone <laughs> to complain to me about, like, my vocal fry. I've only gotten a couple, like, podcast reviews, and one of them said, like, her vocal fries makes us insufferable. And I'm like, oh, okay, gosh, then, like, go listen to something else. <laughs> like, sorry. No, see, I'm, I'm trying to look at that Ann Friedman quote. She just recently, um, I mean, she's talked about this a lot. She has an article that's called, Can We Just, Like, Get Over the Way Women Talk? <laughs> and the whole article is about how we need to just stop criticizing women for whatever way they speak. And if, if you are stuck on their language and can't cut through to what they're actually saying, that's your problem. Yeah, so, it's like take that. Projecting thing. Okay. All right, anyway. So now I feel better. But yeah, so Jolie is like my Twitter friend. I met her through Meredith Tuttle, which is who I basically like met all my Twitter friends from, which is ironic <laughs> because Meredith is no longer on Twitter. But anyway, yeah. Jolie is a great girl, and I'm so happy to talk to her today about last night's episode because so much happened. This was such like a beefy episode. Yeah. I was floored at the end. I'm not going to lie. I was very, I was so certain that Eric was going to go home. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, well, Eric has continued to, I'm just like, why? I'm so confused. <laughs> I actually, like, I really like Eric, but here, I'll get into Eric, that in a minute when we talk about his date, but I really like him, but it's, like, so apparent yeah. that she's not going to choose him. She has a better connection with Dean. And yeah, she told Dean I that she was falling too, in love with but... him. Oh, my goodness. I'm so frustrated. Well, we'll get into it, but... Okay, let's... You lead the way, and I will follow. Let me be your guide. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so the show just opens up. We are in Eric's hometown of Baltimore, and, like, right off the bat, Eric is, like, so charming to me, and I hate that he... His, like, image was diminished by all the Lee crap in the beginning of the season, because remember how, like, Eric was one of Lee's first targets? Yeah, I actually thought that Eric always, I never, this this sounds so judgmental, I never thought that Eric was super smart, but I thought he was very emotionally intelligent, and I thought his, like, his integrity and his emotional intuitiveness always came through to me, like, I actually think that Lee's, like, attack on him just made Eric look better, but. Oh, yeah, like, they kept replaying the, then why is my name in your mouth, but. Like, yeah. that little clip made him look crazy, but if you look at the whole story, you're like, yeah, Lee is saying, I don't care about you, or this isn't about you, and then Eric is like, okay, well then, why do you, like, keep bringing me into, like, your drama or your problems? Like, exactly. it is about me because yeah. you're talking about me. But Yeah, I thought Eric, like, he's always been charming to me, and I thought he was really sweet on their date with his family. I loved his aunt. Like, I just wanted to marry her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought during the scene where they were all, um, eating dinner together and Eric was like, I think he said, I want to make a toast or something. I just felt like you could see in Rachel's face that she didn't seem like she was vibing it that much, in my opinion. I think if anything, they have, 
Like, if they were just in Dallas and they were just dating, then they would have a fine time. And maybe if they had, like, two years to date and then, like, get engaged and get married, they'd have, like, a great life together. But in this, like, environment, with, like, all the, like, how their relationship got off on a bad foot earlier with Lee and everything, and then Eric, like, getting a one-on-one date, like, so late in the game and... All the other guys having two one-on-ones and everything. The cards have been stacked against them. Just a little boyish to me. Yeah. And not in a bad way. Like, he's really endearing. I just, for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to be on Rachel's level. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. And I would even argue to say that, so, again, I really like Eric, but I think that the show is purposefully, I read a really good thread about it on Twitter. I can't remember who did it or else I would, like, refer back to it. But I think that the show is purposefully giving him as bad of an edit as they can yeah, to like kind of squash any bachelor potential. Cause I think that he would be a really good bachelor. Yeah. Um, but I think that they really don't want him. And I mean, Peter would probably be the better bachelor, but um, <laughs> because like Peter is so great, but I like, I think that they're trying to give him as bad of an edit as possible. And they try to give him like the, like the edit, of being confrontational and stuff in the beginning of the season that didn't really pan out. So now they're kind of giving him this like goofy, doesn't really have a chance, but we'll keep him around anyway. Edit. He's just like kind of friend zoned. Yes. Yeah. And they keep on bringing up the, he's never brought a girl home. Is that that big of a deal? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a big deal. Cause it means like, maybe he's not ready to like get married to somebody right away. If he has well, so I think that there there is something to be said for, like, if you're in your 30s and you're trying to marry someone and you're with someone who has never been in a serious relationship, like, when you're both young, in your early 20s and that's the case, it's no big deal because neither of you have. But it kind of puts you on unequal, uneven footing if one of you has had, you know, a series of long-term serious committed relationships and one person has never had that because I feel like you learn a lot in relationships as far as how, you know, you learn about yourself, you learn about how to do things in relationships. And so I don't know, I can, I can understand the apprehension of trying to marry somebody in my thirties who has never had a serious relationship. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I see, it's definitely like an issue and it was something that needed to be brought up. But, again, I just feel like the show kept bringing it up to try to give him, like, the worst edit possible. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and I'll – if I, like, see the thread on Twitter later, I'll, like, retweet it so you guys could like, go and refer back to it. But it was a really good thread about why The Bachelor wouldn't want him to be um, the next Bachelor. Like, why the franchise yeah. wouldn't want him to be. Um, yeah. But, yeah, overall, his hometown date was so awesome. By the way, his beard is, like, totally cute. He should always be, like, a little... Did, did he have his beard on that episode? It wasn't, like, a full-on beard, but it was, like, a little bit of, like, scruff. Um, Grace sent me a picture of him with, a, like, a full beard, and I did think he looked a lot cuter. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram now, and, like, the beard is in, like, full force. And I, mm-hmm. I just say that he should be a bearded man. But he was, like, cute without it. But, I mean, like, once you see how good it could be, it's like, eh, don't shave anymore. Um, yeah. but yeah, so his hometown date was so cute and there was all this, they were hyping it up to make us think that he was going to have a really bad home life, 
Yeah. And yes, like they did have some issues and they like delved into them and um and we kind of got to like get more of insight on like how Eric grew up. But they were all so excited and so happy for him like in the in the room when they brought Rachel in and everyone just got along like so easily. Yeah. And I think it was a really good like hometown date to like start us off. But what stood out to me most is the chat that Rachel had with his aunt. Okay. I, I love his aunt. And I think that, I mean, obviously, it's, like, such a big deal that we have, like, a woman of color as the Bachelorette. And unfortunately, like, there's been so many opportunities for the show to have, like, these conversations about race. But I yeah. feel like Rachel has never been allowed to lead any of those discussions. Mm-hmm. Which sucks because it's like she is she's like the reason why they're talking about race like does that make sense like whenever yeah i feel like it's kind of a barack obama situation where it's like when you're the first person to do something you literally can make no false moves or no bad moves because you don't want to f it up for anybody else following in your footsteps and like you're representing entire people group of color, it's like, feels like it's all on your shoulders, you know? Um, I think that's how she probably feels. Like, she doesn't want to unnecessarily bring it up. She doesn't want to seem controversial. She just kind of wants to stay in the line so that she doesn't, um, you know, give women of color or people of color a bad rap in her, you know, in in their debut on this show. Mm -hmm. And there's the aspect, they talked about this a little bit last night, where, like, just because she's, like, a woman of color doesn't mean that her bachelorette experience should be any different than anybody else's. Like, yes, like, there is this pressure, and it's, like, so unfortunate that she can't just have, like, the same experience that, like, JoJo had or, like, Caitlyn or whatever. Right. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that she's probably getting pressure from the um, black community, like, or maybe not pressure, but, like, I'm sure that she feels judgment that three out of the four guys that have gotten into her top picks are white mm-hmm. um i'm sure that she's very likely receiving flack for that from you know the the black community that's just a guess i shouldn't say i'm sure but it's just a lot of pressure on all ends for her um so it, i i really liked that his aunt just kind of like brought it up i think it was i was glad to see rachel get a chance to talk about it i was, was glad for the game. show to let it be addressed it was it was good it was the most, like, organic conversation about race, I think, that they've had, like, all yeah. season long. And there was that moment um, where, and you could tell that this is something that's been on Rachel's mind the whole time, because that moment in, like, a couple episodes into the season when things with Lee were really heating up, and you can tell that, like, they showed Rachel crying in one of her, like, in-the-moment interviews. Yeah. And she was talking to a producer about how hard it was and how she feels all this pressure. And you could tell that they like left something out in editing. And then that kind of left us all to like, to deduct that they were talking about, you have to keep Lee. And she's saying, well, I'm the one that's going to have to deal with this. Like I'm the first black bachelorette. And if I'm like keeping someone that's like bigoted on here. Right. Like I'm the one that's going to have to deal with that. Not you guys. So. Right. It sucks that she doesn't have like the same bachelorette experience as everyone else but also like they could not have picked a better bachelorette or like a better she's just so poised and so i don't know she's just so smart she's so smart and i'm just i don't know i couldn't be happier with her as a bachelorette but 
Yeah. All in all, Eric's date was awesome. I love the talk with his aunt. I think that was super enlightening for um, maybe people that don't... I don't know, that, that aren't, like, part of these conversations all the time about race, or, like, see, not part of them, but, like, seeing them happen. Like, I'm not in many conversations about race, like, on Twitter or anything. Like, it's... I, I'm, like, not that, like, educated on it. I'm... Right. But, like, I watch the conversations on Twitter, or, like, I read the threads, and I try to get as educated as I can. And I think it's good that we have someone as smart and poised and articulate as Rachel to kind of bring up these conversations to people that normally wouldn't see working right. conversations like this but yeah eric's date was awesome which makes me so bummed that we have to now talk about brian's date because hmm. i'm so t- bummed anytime i have to talk about brian likewise rachel is so-, so smart and she has such a good bs detector how does she not pick up on brian okay i kind of live storied the bachelorette last night and then i deleted it because it felt really excessive um but something that i said was that i think rachel's made it very clear from the get-go that she really wants somebody who um is really ready is self-assured is direct um like she's made it clear that she doesn't want to chase somebody down and kind of like corner them she wants somebody that's really into her Mm -hmm. and i think she's totally blinded because brian is for sure, the front runner, um, as far as, like, passion and pursuit here. Like, whether or not he's actually genuine is obviously up for debate, but, like, his behavior and his words, he's super suave, and he's saying everything that Rachel wants to hear and being super aggressive and forward, and she wants that. So I think she's having a really hard time being objective because, he's making her feel really good. Like he's doing what she wants. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I, and I do think I'll get like to this later when we talk about Peter, but I think that that's going to be Peter's demise because it's pretty clear that Rachel is also so into Peter, but you can tell that she, or at least in the edit, it shows it this way, that she's more into him than he is leading her to believe that he's into her. See, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm married to someone that's like a Peter, but I think that it's like, I think Rachel is having really unrealistic expectations for him. Like, Oh, for sure, because Peter is treating his relationship as a normal relationship rather than a bachelor relationship. Right, where, but that's what you want. Yeah, like that's what I you mean, want in a real life If you're life a normal partner. person, that's what you should want out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I'm surprised because Rachel seems like normal enough and smart enough to understand that she should want that. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know. She keeps doing the whole, like he has to be willing to like go on this journey. And I hate when people on this show use the word journey. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of jaded in that way, but I'm like, Peter's such a stand up guy. Like, I don't feel that his, desire to make this as well thought out and genuine as he can possibly make it be should work against him, but it is. Oh, for sure. And I think that, um, it's so weird too, because Rachel has been through the situation. Like she's, she was the same way as Peter. Yeah. And like, she was, she had these walls up and at her hometown date, she was one of the people that didn't say I love you. And that kind of threw Nick off a little bit. And 
and she was the same exact way as Peter, so I don't understand how she doesn't see that Peter is actually just being, like, responsible. And and it's kind of like how his mom was saying, I guess we'll get to Brian's date later and we'll just jump into Peter's because <laughs> because Peter's, like, so much more pleasant to talk about than Brian. Like, that's, yes. that's basically it. But, like, his mom was saying, he was say, she was saying to Rachel, he's ready for commitment. I believe 100% that he's ready for commitment, but he's he might not necessarily be ready to propose to you in three weeks and that worried rachel because yes she does want to get engaged but i just she's so smart and level-headed i just don't understand how she doesn't see this but it seems like she misinterpreted his mother's message to like he's not ready for marriage period when i think what his mom was trying to say is he's not necessarily going to be ready to marry you in three weeks (laughs) um but yeah i don't know i mean I haven't, I guess I haven't paid enough close attention, but, like, it seems like all she would need to do is is ask him, like, are you looking to get married in the near future? I understand if perhaps, you know, you have some apprehension about the, the way that this, you know, the bachelorette traditionally works, but, like, you know, I don't want to have the, like, wool pulled over my eyes, but if you're really intent, like, intent on getting married um, eventually, like, then that's good to know. I don't know if they've had that conversation. I don't know. And it's, there's got to be, I don't understand, like, I don't know if it's editing or what, because I feel like if she was having really redeeming conversations with Brian, they would, like, be showing us them. But all they can come up with for Brian, and obviously, like, they want to give Brian, like, the best edit possible. So they're pulling out their best but so far like their best is just him constantly like reaffirming her and I guess that's just like what she likes but I don't know I mean uh yeah it's really frustrating because I totally get it but also at the same time I'm like but you're looking for a life partner you're not looking for like ugh, I don't know it's frustrating and we're just gonna have to it sucks but we're gonna have to mentally prepare ourselves that Brian is going to win this thing. Like, I don't, I don't see any way that Peter, like, it's going to be Peter's downfall. His demise is going to be him not saying I love you quick enough or something, or him having, like, supposed walls up or whatever. But the only silver lining is that he'll probably be the bachelor and that there's no chance that Brian will be bachelor. Do you think that Peter or Dean will be bachelor? Um, I have some thoughts on this. Remind me of that later. Okay. We'll get into it, but I, it's probably going to be Peter. But one last thing about Brian's date, because we didn't even really get to his date. We just got to like. Oh, I have one thing to say, but you go first. Okay. The whole situation with his mom, how is that not a huge red flag to Rachel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's okay. So I, I was telling Sean about it, my husband, and I said that, um, she had an Oedipus complex, and Sean said that that's incorrect, that it's supposedly an Electra complex when it's the mom. I don't know if he's accurate there, but... Huh. I was going to call it an Oedipus complex, too. Whatever about... I think it's actually Oedipus complex, but... I just wanted to like, call CPS the whole time, basically. Even though it's that she was saying, I was like, what? What? I'm so confused. Like, she was like, she's in love with him? Like... Yeah, it was just a bit much. And I don't know how much of it is cultural... Maybe that's, like, a super, um, like, cultural thing, like, in, they're Colombian, right? They're from Colombia? 
Yeah, I mean, I do think there is some culture involved in it, but not necessarily to the degree that she was doing. Yeah. So, I don't know, but it was just too much. And there's, if his last relationship ended because something involving his mom and then everyone's just saying, oh, well, it's the girl's fault. Like, it's the girl's fault. It just, it's such a red flag. Like, that would tell me if I was dating somebody. Like, I dated somebody once with, like, a crazy mom. But that's neither here nor there. But I, um... You don't want to be battling your whole adult life with your husband's mother. Like, you want somebody that's willing to let their son go and form a healthy attachment with another woman. And clearly, his mother is not capable of doing that. And the family was supporting it. Like, was it Brian's sister or somebody was like, yeah, why would she even have a problem with his mom? Like, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was a huge red flag. I would not go into that date and be like, oh, this seems great and super amicable. I would be like, ah, oh, this is terrifying and seems un- unhealthy. Yeah, and it, like, it would show me that, okay, if there's ever, like, a fight or, like, some kind of contention or something between, like, me and, like, my mother-in-law, my husband's, like, clearly going to side with, like, my mother-in-law. You know, Absolutely, like and that should never be the case, in my opinion. Oh, Once no, you're married... No. He, his allegiance should be to you. <laughs> yes, like, you love your mom, but the cord has to be cut. For sure. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, Brian's got to go. But, but he not, won't. But he's not going to go. That's that's what sucks. Um, back to Peter's date. We pretty much touched on everything. LOL to Peter bringing, like, all his black friends on his date. I thought that was very entertaining. It was, yeah. It was I was like a little. I'm curious. I'm like just. I'm just curious if those are actually his closest friends or. <laughs> it's just a little bit like ABC was like. See, we're gonna bring some like interracial couple. They were couples, right? Or I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like we're gonna bring some interracial couples. Like it just kind of seemed like a little like. We're so diverse, and here, look, there's a Sikh, and look, there's a, there's somebody from Colombia. Like it, it was right. a little. I don't know, like. It's hard to, like, complain about that because it's, like, yes, we want the diversity. We don't want these, like... Well, but you don't want it to be contrived. Yeah. That was all. My only thought was, like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, I mean, props appear if those actually are, like, his closest friends that he wanted on the show. I was just... It, it definitely was a curiosity in my mind. Like, huh, I wonder if these are actually his closest friends. Yeah. And it was kind of funny when Rachel was, like, Oh, I was talking to Peter once, and he said that all of his friends were black or, like, something to that effect. Yeah. And I'm, like, literally facepalmed, like, Peter. I know, I know. If he wasn't such a dreamboat. I know, it's hard, it's blinding, it's all I can see is how attractive he is. Yeah, like, he says something silly, and then I just look at his, like, salt and pepper hair, and I'm like, all right. (laughs) I know. If you're, just continue to be a silver fox, and... And then we'll work on the rest later. I was stalking his Instagram last night, and I didn't realize that he was a model. I mean, it doesn't surprise me in the least, but... Oh, yeah. He's totally a model. By the way, I was, like, reading something about... I, like, clicked on, like, the Bachelorette hashtag. And I read this, like, whole thread of somebody, like, arguing back and forth who shouldn't be the next Bachelor, Eric or Peter... And somebody was saying, like, oh, well, Eric doesn't have a legitimate career. He's just a personal trainer. And they're like, um, Peter is also a personal trainer. Yep. Like, yeah, like, someone just, like, 
I don't know, just like their view of it was like, oh, Eric is just like a lowly personal trainer, but Peter is so like mature and poised. And I'm like, they have the same exact occupation. Yep. Sucks. Yep. It was, it was rough. But yeah, we'll get into next Bachelor stuff later. Because now, the moment we've been waiting for. Deans. Well, Deanie baby. Did you know that that's his Instagram name? Deanie Yeah, baby? I did know. I love it. And I, like, in my heart, I kept calling him Deanie Baby yesterday. But I did not really like Dean. I mean, I didn't hate Dean ever, but I wasn't, like, super drawn to him until I started, like, stalking him more and saw that his handle was Deanie Babies. And I saw that post he put up about defending, basically defending his dad. Well, oh, and, so and just, like, Sikhism in general. And I was like, you're a stand-up guy, Dean. Mm-hmm. I... I love him. I love him. I love him. And I, let me just say, I never thought that he was the guy for Rachel. Yeah, I didn't either. People um, always say, like, oh, you can't tell Rachel that she can't date somebody, like, six years younger because she's six, year younger, six years younger than Brian, so that's the same thing. But not no, it's really. Not. Girls mature faster than men do. Women mature faster than men do. And that's why the age difference is usually in the favor of the man being older. Yeah, there is a huge difference between a 37-year-old man, no matter how sleazy Brian is, a 37-year-old man who, like, has a career and, like, is in the position in his life where, like, he wants to settle down more. And, like, a 20... His... Dean's, like, thing that's always 26. said that he's 25, but he said that he was 26 last night. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's still weird. Like, my husband's, like, 27, and I'm like, whoa, huh, he's, like, younger than my husband. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> but there's, like, a huge difference. So we can't really fault Rachel. We'll get to the elimination later, I guess, but we can't really fault Rachel for that. Not at all. I mean, that would be a huge consideration for me. I think it would be really hard for me as a 31-year-old to to seriously consider a 26-year-old as, like, marriage material. Especially Even though, I mean, I married Sean when I was 24. <laughs> or no, when he was 24 and I was 22. I was like, I felt um, But I'm just putting myself in Rachel's shoes. If I were 31 and single, I think it would be really hard for me. Yeah. Especially, like, when she's, she's just, like, so established and everything. And we don't really know what – he's, like – Dean's, like, some kind of recruiter or something. Living yeah, like, there. brand – I forget. Brand rap or something. Yeah, but there's not much clarity there, but so with Dean's date, where should we begin? Should we, like, recap first and then, like, go over our thoughts or what? I don't know how we should do this. There's... Uh, well, we can recap. I mean, I, I thought it was so apparent the, from the very time that they showed Dean's face the first time through the entire thing. He looked so painfully uncomfortable. It's just not a situation that should have played out on TV. No, but I also felt frustrated that, um, I guess that he, he kind of insisted on hashing it out with his dad during the episode, or, or at least on camera, knowing that it potentially could make the episode. And I didn't really feel like that was necessary. Like, I understand that he clearly had a lot of unresolved issues that he really needed and wanted to work through with his dad, but I feel like he could have sort of just kept to the surface level, 
like, you know, got through the whole thing, just trying to do his best to keep the peace, and then done all of the hash out that turned so sour on his own time with his dad. I I definitely agree, and although, but I kind of like disagree a little bit. Although Dean is a adult, like he's an adult, and he he was definitely like a willing participant in these conversations, no matter how uncomfortable he looked. He he wasn't like forced to like have these conversations against his will or anything. That's not what I'm saying, but he was definitely like coerced by production, and also. You can tell that he really liked Rachel, and Rachel even mentioned to him, like, I think that you need to have this talk with your dad, and I thought that that was even kind of, like, a little oversteppy from Rachel, like, yeah, I don't know, I think that she overstepped just a little bit, and I'm sure that she was kind of pushed that way by production, too. I don't know, I just, I could tell that. Well, I'm sure that they wanted all that to happen because of the drama. I guess, like, I've been to too much therapy, but just watching them talk, I'm like, this could so easily be resolved by you guys going to a family counselor for, like, five sessions. I know that it would just be a matter of, like, learning how to communicate with each other, and clearly they both are carrying a lot of pain and resentment about the fact that, you know, this woman that they love died and how difficult it was. I was just disappointed that, like, and of course, I'm on the I'm on the outside. I'm not Dean. I didn't get um, you know hurt by his dad, but like I just feel like his dad is clearly in an entirely different world as far as like what plane he's operating on. And he agreed to do this thing, knowing that he was on bad footing with Dean, trying his best to like be himself but honor you know what was going on with Dean and Rachel. And he still couldn't do right by Dean, and I felt frustrated for his dad in that sense, even though I completely understand, you know, that Dean has some very rightful, you know, upset and resentment towards his father. I don't know. It was just uncomfortable. The whole thing made me really sad that they, like, made that kind of the whole crux of that family visit. Yeah, and there there were really like no winners and it was just a bad situation for all of them to be in. You can tell that Dean was waiting for his chance to like jump. And because like, again, this is a man that he hasn't seen or talked to in like two years. And he was like having the one-on-one conversation with his dad and his dad was saying things. And then the second that his dad said like, Oh, I think I was a pretty good dad because look at how you turned out. And that was something that his dad just kind of, like, meant to be nice, and it was just, like, a like a compliment. And you could tell that his dad felt awkward already, but then Dean was just, like, that, like, lit a fuse or something. And he was just like, do you think that you were there emotionally for me? It was just a very, right. like you said, it was something that should have been handled in a way different setting with someone right. that could correctly mediate the conversation, I think. Right, right. Uh, and... I don't know. It was also sad. And then at the end, when, like, Rachel tried to talk to Dean's dad, and uh, and she was still trying to, like, go with the formula of the show where she's like, oh, well, I still have to have this, like, one-on-one conversation with the dad. It was just so... It was just so sad because the dad was clearly over it. 
Okay, this is a complete side note to that, but did you notice the, like, weird backdrop that was hanging and lit up from behind during that scene where Rachel and his dad were sitting down? No, what was it? There's, like, they were sitting by the fire pit, and then there was this sort of giant fake backdrop behind them that was, like, trees and sky, and it had, like, a big floodlight behind it. It was really confusing because it was nighttime, but then the, there was this really weird backdrop. I was trying to decide, like, if that was something his dad had or if they were covering, like, something really gross behind it, scenery-wise. It was just really funny to me because it was very dumb-looking. Because I kind of, like, live for that stuff. I'm surprised I didn't pick up on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just... Overall, the date was just so heartbreaking. So then I guess that leads us to Dean and Rachel's conversation in the house after Dean was so emotional and after that he had talked to his dad and stuff. Um, I thought their chemistry during that conversation seemed really strong, and I sort of left that scene being like, wow. I mean, they, I don't know, like they seemed stronger than I thought they were. That's exactly what I was going to say. I left that conversation even if she had hadn't said that i'm falling in love with you which i'll get to that in a second i guess because i did not agree with her saying that to him um especially with what happened at the rose ceremony but i like left that conversation thinking like wow they are a lot stronger like we're not seeing her have that connection with eric right when that conversation happened the thing that came to mind and i, I was like dean maybe dean will be like a dark horse like raven like, I did not anticipate Raven getting as far as she did, and maybe that will be what happens with Dean. Um, but clearly, that wasn't the case. Nope, was not the case. What do you think about Rachel saying that she was falling in love with him? Uh, I, I feel two conflicting feelings. I mean, on the one side, I, um, I don't necessarily doubt that that, um, couldn't be the case. Like, I think it could be true that she, that she was feeling that way. Um, but I think she chose a really um, sad time to say that. It's like she, she clearly could tell that he was really distressed, and I feel like she pulled that out to make him feel better. Um, and it was, a, it was a really bad move because maybe, maybe she didn't know at that time who she was going to let go, but she clearly knew, I don't know, it's like she picked Brian and Peter first for the roses, so I guess in my mind she had to have known that it was down to Eric and Dean. I think she gave, it was down to Peter and Dean at the end. Oh, I'm sorry, um, Peter and but, Dean. But I mean, obviously, like, in her mind, it's, it's, in her mind it's like Brian and it's Peter if Brian bails out. I think that that's her, like, hierarchy. I don't think at this moment in filming I don't think that she's questioning anything that's just my opinion okay right so I think in this moment she at least knows that Dean is not a front runner yeah um, and I think in that sense it really it seems like she feels this this notion that it's fine to say what you're feeling and she has no regrets and that's how she was really feeling but it's like well not really Rachel if it's at the expense of someone else like yeah. you don't need to tell Dean that just because you think that that might be true for you at the moment if you know that it's very likely that Dean won't make it to your top two mm -hmm. um I mean it's kind of the same thing when Ben Higgins told Jojo that he loved her back it's like there was no way he was ever going to pick her 
Right. But, and I guess, it's like, who are we to judge necessarily? Like, in those moments, you you might, the time, the conversation can happen so fast and you might feel so pressured to, like, comfort someone or, or meet them where they are in the conversation that maybe you just say it and you don't, you can't think this deeply about it in the moment. Um, but essentially, I, I didn't think it was necessary for her to say that. I don't think it was a good choice. Yeah, I don't think it was a good choice. I believed her. And I believe that in that moment, that's what she felt. And I think that she was in an uncomfortable situation. And I don't know if she like said that to comfort Dean or I think that she was just also feeling very emotional and she just kind of let it all out there too. Um, but there have only really been two times this season where I've really questioned her judgment, except for every time she like ever kisses or gives a rose to Brian. I really questioned her judgment all those times, but I questioned her when she, one, remember when she eliminated Fred, but she, like, picked up the rose and, like, walked it over to him? At the rose ceremony? No, like, she eliminated Fred at, like, a cocktail party or something, and she was like, well, it's that time of night, and then she picks up the rose, and she's like, Fred, can I talk to you? So she thinks that... She did that more than once, I think. If she did that, then that's not right. Like, Rachel is a great girl, but that is that is rude. And then this is another time where I'm like, mm, Rachel, that wasn't a good choice. That that was emotionally reckless. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I don't know. But then comes the rose ceremony, and Rachel lines up all the guys. And we see Chris Harrison for, like, the first time <laughs> in weeks. <laughs> I... I ran another Twitter poll seeing who works harder. Me and you have texted about this before, but I ran the poll to, like, confirm to see who worked harder, Chris Harrison or Steve Harvey. And <laughs> people voted for Chris Harrison. And, like, it that was... That makes you so mad, doesn't it? it? It makes me so mad. But at least it was, like, a narrow <laughs> thing. Like, it was, it was, like, 52 to 48 or something. I don't keep close enough tabs on Steve Harvey to really accurately vote, but I'll take your word for I it. I don't either. That's the thing. But I just <laughs> know that he has, he has so many shows. Chris Harrison has two. And like, like he has two and he's barely on them. Do you think that Chris Harrison even like flew to Geneva? He wasn't even in like the last episode at all. Like. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But we saw Chris Harrison, and their, his talk with Rachel was 100% unproductive. And I know. I feel like they were just trying to waste time. Yeah. Like, it, it was dumb. But luckily, like, we know that Chris Harrison will, like, really get his time to shine in Paradise this season. Like, <laughs> the things that I've read about the season of Paradise, like, how it's going to all go down. Chris is a very, very big role in it because he has to, like, really comfort the cast and, like, lay down the law, like, after the scandal happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he is He's a very – this is his time to shine. I was dying at the um, trailers for Bachelor in Paradise. How do you feel about those? <laughs> I just – I don't know. I think it was really funny. Um, it was funny. I really didn't think that they really revealed much. It was just a whole bunch of funny Twitter reviews. Yeah, but how do you feel about them, like, using... I mean, I guess that maybe they're just taking the scandal in stride. Because if they 
didn't mention it, then it would be like a big elephant in the room. So maybe they're left with no options but to kind of. Really... Well, I don't think that they really directly. I mean, obviously they addressed it, but they didn't really address it. They didn't say anything specific. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just like it left me like with a little weird taste in my mouth. I was like, mm, this was like a very serious thing that happened, even though after the investigation it looked like nothing had happened. Like it's yeah, like, that's true. That that's very true. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> I would have been like so bummed. Did did um Corinne stay on or? No. So what's happening with Corinne is so how Paradise is going to work is they're going to air. Everything that they filmed up to the scandal, but they're not going to air the hookup. And then that's going to be like the first episode, like all that stuff. And then the second episode, it's going to be like, it's going to be like on this day, it, um, <laughs> there was a scandal that broke out. Like, this is just like what I'm anticipating in my mind, but I'm pretty sure that this is how it's going to go. Like on June 5th or whatever day it was. <laughs> There were allegations of sexual misconduct. Here are the stories about what happened. Or, like, something like that. And then... Yeah. And then it has, like, been confirmed that, like, Chris, like, sets everybody down. They, like, they all come back to Paradise. Chris lays out, like, the um, Warner Brothers, like, side of the story. Like, their cleaned-up side of the story. Like, there were allegations of sexual misconduct. We did a very thorough investigation, and... We concluded that nothing had happened, but if anybody feels uncomfortable, you can go home. Like, they're pretending like no one got sent home. I think. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. I really don't like Corinne, and I'm glad she... No, I'm not glad that that happened to her. That sounded bad. I'm glad that she's not going to be on this season. That's really mean, but I just don't like her. Well, okay, like, I liked Corinne, but I'm very glad that she's not going to be on this season, because she has, like, a freaking boyfriend at home. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like, and much like a lot of the other girls. Yeah, on the the Bachelor and Paradise people, they don't get, do they get paid to be yeah, on that? they get paid per episode. Some of them, uh -huh. like the, like the big hitters, they get paid per season, so it doesn't matter what they make, or like, it doesn't matter how far they make it, but the, kind of like, um, the B-team people, so we're talking like our Iggy's, our Vinny's, our Jasmine Goods, <laughs> our, um... <laughs> Uh, like, we're not talking about, like, Ashley, I, Kayla Quinn, Amanda, right. and those kind of people, the twins. Um, That's interesting, because in regular Bachelor, Bachelorette, the contestants they don't, get, don't paid. get paid, right? Yeah, so that's why, like, you see on Paradise some of the people, like, really flailing. Like, even when there's only, like, two episodes left, they're like, I have to get a rose. I have to do something. It's like, they want their, like, 2500 bucks. Yeah. Um, which I can't blame them. I would also want $2,500. So cannot blame them. And it's easier to, like, stay in paradise than, like, to sell blue, um, what's that blue hair? What? What, that thing that all of them sell on Instagram. Oh, like sugar bear hair? Sugar bear hair. I was calling it blue gummy hair, and I'm like, that's not the name. Cause I thought really you were trying to say, like, um, LuLaRoe. I was like, I didn't know they were selling that. Oh my goodness, I would lose all faith in the franchise if they started doing that. None of that <laughs> stuff is cute. I have one pair of black LuLaRoe leggings, and I'll, like, I like those, but I cannot support anything else. But that's neither here nor, here nor there. <laughs> anyway, the rose ceremony. <laughs> it's rose ceremony. Yeah, we got off track, I'm sorry. Okay, one sec. 
you asked about Corinne and what she was going to do, and then I got off track. Corinne, they're going to show up to when they go home, and then there's going to be no more Corinne. They didn't invite Corinne back, but they did invite Demario back, but Demario chose not to go. Good for him. That was a good choice. Yeah, but they will go on the reunion show. So normally they always do like an After Paradise show right after the show airs, but they're not doing that this season. This season they're going to do a big reunion show at the end. So like an After the Final Rose type thing. Okay. Um, But the plot kind of thickens with Corinne because you know how like the twins and Ben and Lauren had those like shows on ABC Family or platform, yes. whatever. Corinne had already signed a contract to have her own show like that. Oh. Before all this Paradise stuff, and they're trying to, like, get Corinne out of it. Like, they're trying to buy her out of that contract right now. Oh, because it's, like, too scandalous. Yeah, like, they don't want her to do it, but, like, they can't, <laughs> they can't, like, terminate this contract because of an allegation of sexual misconduct, you know? Like... Yeah. So they're trying to get out of that one, but I have a feeling that we're not done with Corinne. I would even, I suspect that she'll even be on, like, that Winter Games show that they're going to do in the winter. <laughs> anyway, rose ceremony time. Dee's, Dean goes home. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, I don't know, Rachel eliminated him in the best way that she could have, I guess. I, there's she, no... I'm just still not over it. I was so convinced that Dean was going to stay. Yeah, just, I don't know. Maybe the only thing I could think of is sometimes you know when the lead, you can tell that they, like, really care about somebody, so they eliminate them kind of the moment that they know it's not going to be them for sure. Like Yeah, I can see that. Like, do you really think that Nick liked Raven more than he liked Rachel last season? Uh, no. No. He definitely liked <laughs> Rachel more. But I think that one, he wanted to give her a really good showing so she would have a really good bid for The Bachelorette. And two, he um, he liked her more, so he sent her home before things got too real. Or like with Christina, he like eliminated Christina before Hometowns. Yeah. And it's not like he liked Corinne more than he liked Christina, but he's just like, uh, I really like this person. I'm not going to bring them through this anymore, but I know it's not going to be them. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, oh, I'm supposed to remind you because I'm still interested in your take on. Uh, I think you said that you think Peter will be the next bachelor. I think. Uh, yeah. Why do you think him over Dean? I think one like before last night, like there were people on the internet that did like Dean, but really his like big showing came last night, right? But all yeah. season long, people have been so obsessed with Peter. And Peter is a little bit older. Like, just on paper, he just looks like a better bachelor, even though Dean has this, like, sob story. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't call his, like, real-life experiences sob stories. But <laughs> um, he – I don't know. I just feel like Peter is better bachelor material, I guess, even though I would love Dean. But we do know that Dean is on Paradise. So, oh, well, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, they announced it last night. Mm. Yeah, but, and I did know, um, and unfortunately, like, I, I've seen so many Bachelor in Paradise spoilers just because, like, the whole scandal that happened. Um, just like you, 
I saw like the pictures of everybody going home and stuff. And Dean and Christina were together for Paradise. Oh. And he's been pictured with Danielle L. from last season. Um, and now, can you tell that I have like way too much time on my hands? And now, <laughs> and now um, L. from Nashville? Uh, I can't remember where she's from. I thought she's from she's LA. Like... I think she, no, you're thinking about Danielle M. Oh, okay. The neonatal nurse from Nashville. Is Danielle L. the one that's like, um, she owns she... salons. She kind of looked like Kayla Quinn. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and now, like, Ashley Iconetti is, like, all over Dean also. So. Oh, my gosh, crazy person one? Yeah. I actually, like, really like Ashley I, but, like, if I had, like, a guy friend, I wouldn't be like, oh, you should totally date Ashley. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, I'll be your friend, yes. but, like, mm. Let's stay away from that one. Yeah, I can see that, because she's very entertaining, but I wouldn't want to date her. Yeah, like, I would love to be her friend, but I wouldn't set up anybody else I care about with her. Um, yeah, but also, I was listening to the, what's it called? The, um, it's like the Room 33 or something podcast with Juliet Lipman. Okay. Um, it's a really, really good Bachelor podcast. I'd recommend it to everyone. She has really good guests on, and, um, oh, okay, it's Channel 33, The Ringer. That's what it is. But last week, she had on the head of alternative programming um, as a guest. So that means that it's the guy from from ABC that's over all reality TV. Oh, wow. So he's, like, really in the know, and he always gives really good candid interviews with her. It's, like, so enlightening. He was so candid about Paradise. He was so candid about, like, picking Nick and everything. And he mentioned the possibility of Ben Higgins 2.0. How do you feel about what? that? What? Yeah. As a bachelor? Yeah, like giving him another chance. No, boo. Two thumbs down. And I think that, and I love That's Ben H. Okay, here is my take on Ben. I think Ben seems like a really great guy. Not great for TV. No, he was so boring to me. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's too soon also. So I, Grace, I, I were, Grace and I were talking about um, Ben and Lauren, and um, Grace pointed out, which I think is really true, that Ben just seems like a, a genuinely a stand-up guy. Like, if you look at his Instagram, he's – well, obviously the big thing's like, oh, he does charity work and stuff like that, but he hasn't really sold out into the, like – you know, like his account doesn't look like Robbie or – um, I know exactly what you're saying. All these guys that are, like, trying to turn into Instagram models, um, Ben seems like a legit human that, I don't know, he, he hasn't taken the, the Bachelor Kool-Aid, I guess. Yeah. He's just a standard but, dude. Nonetheless, I think that he was an extremely boring Bachelor contestant. Like, I did not, I don't know, I just didn't find him very compelling, even though I think he seems like a really great guy. Yeah, he just doesn't make for great TV. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's kind of my take for Bachelor. I would love to see Eric, but I don't think that they're going to do that. Um, I <laughs> I was listening to something, and they were talking about how ABC is like, um, they're like, we already gave you one black lead. Like, we don't need to give you, like, another one, or, like, it would be too much too soon or something. And then they... Yeah. 
so terrible. I, that's so frustrating. But then they made a comparison. They're like, so it's like Obama, like, oh, we already gave you one black president, so now we're going to do Donald Trump as, like, the next president. So maybe yeah. the next bachelor will be Lee. Oh, my gosh, it was no. It a joke, but I thought it was so funny. That is a funny comparison, but also I would, by principle, I would boycott and not watch. Oh, I would leave my whole bachelor life behind if they if they brought him on Paradise, even. If they ever gave him the time of day after, like, knowing what about his tweets and everything. Ugh. Yeah, they knew about that when they knew about that when he came on the show. Yeah, there's no way that they didn't, but I'm gonna, now that, like, the public knows about the tweets and stuff, too. Like, I still yeah. think that ABC is very scummy for bringing him on. Very, very scummy. But, um, if they had brought him on, like, I even feel uncomfortable about them bringing him on Men Tell All, but I'm sure they're gonna do that, too. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up. Is there anything else you want to add about the show or the season or anything? I don't think so. Like, I just said that I, it hasn't already been talked to death by us. Yeah. Just my mutual agreement that I'm going to be really bummed if slash when Brian wins, but there's nothing we can do. And we just have to look on the bright side. He He's not going to be a bachelor, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, oh my gosh. Wow. Thanks for having me. Julie, thank you so much. I am so happy that you did this and you were just a joy. You bring joy to my life every day on the Instagram stories. <laughs> and oh, thanks. I got to have like my first in real life phone call with you. What could be better? Yeah. It was wonderful. Thank just you for having me. One more time for all four of our listeners. Just kidding. But um, <laughs> one more time. Um, do you want to just say where people can find you on the internet? <clears throat> Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Both of my handles there are at Becoming Jolie, J-O-L-I-E. Um, and then my business as well, you can find on both of those platforms. Um, it's Brim Papery. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Jolie, thank you so much. I cannot thank you yeah. enough. This was such a good discussion. And I yeah. Think that, I think that bigger here I go with my great vocabulary. Bigger words. I think that <laughs> the you brought the a bigger vocabulary to this podcast than has ever been on before. That whole sentence didn't even make sense. You know what I'm trying to say though. More intelligent. Wait. You brought a level of intelligence to the podcast that we were oh. talking. So oh gosh. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate the compliment. Indebted to you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, yep. for listening. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.